Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Let's Talk Reform. On this episode, we talk with Katherine Hervey, an artist and filmmaker behind The Prison Within, a documentary about the restorative justice program in the San Quentin prison with survivors of violent crime and prisoners incarcerated for murder. It's so great to meet you, Catherine. Thank you so much for talking with us today. We're so excited to hear what you have to say. Do you mind giving a brief introduction about yourself? My name is Catherine Hervey, and I'm the filmmaker, director, producer of The Prison Within. Um, I'm also a former Los Angeles public defender and prison college instructor, and have worked in various restorative justice, criminal justice, prison reform contexts, both inside and outside of prisons. That's awesome. Let's start there, if you don't mind. So how did your work as a public defender inspire you to get into this area of film creation, which is such a unique niche? Well, I mean, of course, you go into your work as a public defender knowing that the system needs help, knowing that it's broken. Um, you know, I, I guess back up prior to that, I was an artist, which I still am. <laughs> I was an artist and I was I was publishing this magazine, this zine called Shades of Contradiction. And it was an art and culture magazine slash zine. And it kind of caught the zeitgeist and was doing really well. It got national publication and everything, but I was feeling kind of like I was operating up here in this kind of like nebulous, creative, ethereal realm. And I wanted to affect real change. You know, I was really wondering, am I affecting real change? And so I went to law school specifically for the, the purpose of either becoming a public defender or like working with the ACLU, some type, some type of law like that. And I quickly realized that I wanted to work with the public defender's office because you know, so often with those class action lawsuits, you're not really working at all with the communities that you're advocating for. In fact, they kind of have largely no idea kind of what you're advocating for, and they're not really as involved in creating the solutions. And something about that didn't appeal to me too much. And so I did end up going the public defender route very quickly. And I worked there throughout law school and then became an attorney for not that long because then I realized I'm an artist and I have to go back to being an artist. But as a public defender, um, it's hard, it's hard work. I have so much respect for all of my friends and all the public defenders that are still there. You, you're really on the front lines of everything that is wrong in our society. You know, I, I think of our criminal justice system as this huge funnel of racism and classism and poverty and gender inequities and all of it. It just goes doo -doo 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 -doo, right down into our prisons. Like I just, I always have this beautiful, this not a beautiful, but this visual of it. And when you're there, you see that, you, you see that firsthand at, at, at every moment of every day. And of course that, if that affected me, that affected uh, the film. But I would really say that where the film really came out of more so was when I was teaching inside a prison. And, you know, as you're going in every week and the men that I was teaching, I very quickly realized that most of them had life without parole. 
which means to this day, they're still sentenced to die in prison. And I was really struck by the levels of integrity, accountability, community, intelligence, emotional intelligence that these men had, and certainly women in prisons as well, but that these men had far more so than I was tending to encounter with people on the outside. So here are these people, these huge, really huge swaths of populations who are stuck inside who have done this like really real deep work on themselves and are really showing up in life. So, and for, you know, forming deep relationships with them. And then I would go out into the world and really experience less integrity, less community, less accountability, less intelligence, less emotional intelligence. So here's these, these men inside who are considered to be the worst of the worst, irredeemable, right? They have LWAP, they cannot be let back out into society. And it's not true. It's just, it's 100% absolutely not true. They should have been out long ago, leaders in their communities, stopping our cycles of violence and trauma and incarceration. You know, they're leaders and they're stuck inside. And that was, a huge disconnect for me. That was, it was, it was unacceptable. <laughs> and so that was really, I think those personal connections. And at that point I had already actually started making the documentary, but it was that that really just kept fueling me along. Catherine, I wanna ask you a little bit more about the documentary. I know that Jenna's had a chance to see a little bit of it and I've had a chance to read a bit about it, but I wanted to ask for our audience, what can you tell us about the final product that you came up with as an art piece, as a compilation of all of the experiences that you've told us about so far? Sure, so the film is called The Prison Within and for me, it operates on two levels. So the one very visual through line narrative is that we're following a group of men incarcerated inside San Quentin prison, as well as survivors of violent crime. And we're following their transformational healing journeys as they connect the dots of their lives that led to their crime, as well as taking full accountability for their actions and their crimes. And in this process, what we're showing is really viable and hopeful alternatives, restorative justice alternatives to our punitive system, because it's really about healing. It's really about crime coming from trauma in these communities and healing it on a personal level and at a community and cultural level. And the other way I like to describe the film is that it's the prison within the, you know, I had the title the prison within very, very early on. And to me, the title of the prison within is about truth and reconciliation of ourselves and of our culture. And what you see in the film is these men and women going through deep processes of truth and reconciliation within themselves, which I think is what is needed in our society on both personal levels and cultural levels that right now we live in a world that has basically created our mass incarceration systems because we as a country are so afraid to look at our history and what this what this country has been built on. So 
it's two levels of personally looking, looking in at that and how am I complicit in this? What do I need to heal inside of myself? What is my, you know, quote unquote, shadow work that I need to do? And then also taking that on a cultural level as well. So I was able to watch the documentary. I thought the stories were really touching and that's kind of something that a lot of documentaries do is that they allow you to see yourself next to the population or interacting with the population that the film is about. Um, and I thought it was really interesting how there was kind of the storyline of the facilitators of the conversation um, and also of the people who are incarcerated. Um, and I think maybe some of our listeners might never have heard of restorative justice before. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on kind of how this technique is different from maybe some other therapies that are seen in other carceral settings um, and how that unique role of the facilitator plays into the conversation um, within this prison system itself. Sure. So restorative justice, you know, there's really two forms of it, right? There's restorative justice pretrial before anybody else is going to prison which is in direct opposition to our punitive system. Our punitive system asks, you know, what crime happened, who did it, and how do we punish them, right? right. And restorative justice asks, you know, who is harm, who's the best person to heal that harm, and, and how do we heal it? And the program, which is, yes, a very deeply therapeutic program that we're following inside, it's called the Victim Offender Education Group, and it's put on by the Insight Prison Project inside California does that deep work. So they're really going back into their childhoods and connecting, connecting all that trauma. Like they really go back and do these exercises of abusive power. When was there a, an abusive power that happened to me? When did I do an abusive power over somebody else? They do their crime impact statements where they write really deeply about their crimes. And it's really an, a year and a half program where they're in deep community with each other and holding each other accountable, really holding each other accountable. And in that process also what happens, especially with the survivors coming in, is that you, know, you really start seeing that the, you know, those parallel paths that hurt people hurt people. So people who commit harm are survivors first, people in prison are survivors and victims first. And restorative justice is kind of trying to cut it off so that the, the prison, because the prison system itself is another form of trauma, right? So we're taking traumatized people, traumatized communities, putting them into another traumatic situation for years and years and years and years and years inside prison. And then they come out because most people do come out and we expect something different when really all we've been doing is enabling their trauma. You know, most prisons have, you know, they have to have something, right? Like prisons have to have um, different religious organizations and that coming in. Like most prisons, I would say, have AA and anger management, and that's it. And it's, it's not deep work. I mean, AA can be deep work, but the, you know, the, the anger management, the violence prevention in that, those don't go deep, those don't go deep into your histories, into your personal histories. And it's not people coming together and holding each other accountable. And what's really special about really, well, the group that we followed, but really 
any sort of program outside of, let's say, AA or anger management that people don't realize is that it's really started by the men and women inside the prison organizing to have this happen. And they, you know, the, the programs are co-created with people from the outside. It's, it's all done through nonprofits. This, this isn't being provided by the prison system itself. So, but it should be. It, sh it should be, of course. Yeah, it should be. But, you know, definitely there's a misuse of resources because there's a lot of money going in. Um, but, you know, I would say that there is no therapy. So if I'm understanding you correctly, um, you're saying that the punitive model of justice, which currently dominates our incarceration and justice systems in America, is focused on the act, so the crime, whereas restorative justice is focused a little bit more on the effects of the act and sort of what came before and what's coming afterward. So past and future, almost. Would you yeah, say that's about accurate? Less so the act and more so on punishment because they mm -hmm. both have the act. And the act is important. The act is important because the act is an infliction of trauma. You know, it's, it's an infliction right. of harm. It's an infliction of violence. Yes, but so to me, the main difference would be is that the punitive system, one, it's the state deciding instead of the, the actual people who were involved in the conflict or involved in the, the violence deciding how best to deal with the situation or to heal the situation and also the communities involved. And yeah, there's no healing. There's absolutely no healing. It's just, okay, the victim is gonna go this way and they receive very little services or really ever figure out even what happened at all, no explanation, no nothing. And, you know, statistics after statistics show that they're not happy with the process. You know, they don't feel healed by the process or complete by the process. And restorative justice, yes, it unpacks the situation. So this horrible, this horrible thing happened and it's horrible. And why did it happen? And how can we reflect back on each other to see what happened and bring community members in to help also facilitate this. And then somehow come to some type of healing, even if it takes time, right? It, it could take years. It doesn't mean it's like people come together in circle and it's like, well, that was great. And, and no, thank Kumbaya, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But again, to me, that's the process of truth and reconciliation that I'm talking about, right? It's, 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 it's the hard work. It's the hard work. It's not a Band-Aid. So how do we go about making that hard work happen? What kinds of infrastructures and resources would we need to incorporate into the incarceration system to sort of change it from the outside? And I know that's a pretty big question because there's a lot that goes into all of this, but where do we start? Well, I think we need a huge paradigm shift and to really even question, do we need an incarceration system? What is our incarceration system for? How is it operating right now? Um, I think before we start looking at our systems and restructuring our systems, we need to first kind of like peel off all the Band-Aid fixes that we've created <laughs> throughout, um, uh, you know, centuries here, really. 
and realize what we've done, realize what we've created, like, like truly a, a process of truth and reconciliation. You know, we need to realize that our mass incarceration system is built on legacies of annihilation and slavery and servitude that our country was founded on. And then I think if we really did that, if we really did that work and unpacked that, would we even call it an incarceration system at that point? So, you know, it might not be the answer that you're looking for um, because at the same time, it's like, whoa, you know, that's gonna take a hundred years, right? Because it's taken more than a hundred years to build this system. So, you know, I guess that's my, my long scale answer, short scale, is that, you know, we need more restorative justice. We need, um, we need to shorten our sentences ever since the Sentencing Reform Act, it's been absolutely ridiculous. We need to realize that most people actually do not need to be incarcerated. You know, um, they can be healed what has been broken in other ways in other ways. Yeah, I, I really don't believe in our incarceration system. I think that's a really amazing perspective to have and especially from the standpoint of someone who worked as a public defender who was there sort of in the trenches seeing everything that was happening and without filter. So how do we begin working toward that paradigm shift and what role do you hope your filmmaking is gonna play in that? So I designed the film basically, so all, all of the men in the film committed murder. And I designed the film for viewers who watched the film to see themselves reflected in people who they would think they would never be reflected in, right? So as the men start going deep into their histories and healing themselves, and, and I do know that this happens from viewers who have told me this, that you as a viewer really start seeing, wow, but for a specific set of circumstances, that could have been me. And so, you know, in that process, I think one, you know, you, you question how, what, what, what am I not looking at? What can I do better? in this process of really watching the film and seeing yourself reflected in some way through the men, you see them as human. You see them as human beings. And I think before anything can change, we need to see people in prison, people who commit violence, people who commit extreme and horrendous acts of violence as human beings. And I'll, I'll tell you, I do think it's shifting because this film took me about six years to make. And um, it's been out, you know, it, like we had our festival premiere January, 2020. So it's been even longer now, right? When I first started talking about my film and telling people about my film, even to the most progressive people, it was as if I was speaking Mandarin to people. They would just look at me like they didn't understand. And I very quickly saw that people's empathy, people's compassion, people's progressive ideals ended 
if you had committed an act of violence. You know, it was just like, I mean, it, I, I can't even tell you, it was so disheartening. I was, you know, people were like, what, what are you talking about? Why would anybody want to watch that? Who cares? And through the years, right, as I kept making the film, Black Lives Matter happens. All this new science is coming about, about how child's brains form and how trauma affects the brain in our responses. And it kind of creates, you know, we're in it now. Like we're, we are in the paradigm shift now. I can see it. I can see it. But, you know, what's happening is that we're looking at things differently, which is what needs to happen before we really start changing things structurally. So I think also with like the Black Lives Matter movement and kind of with the new age a little bit, there's also been talk of um, abolition of the police as well. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on how that might fit into the abolition of the prison system and if that kind of aspect of the story had any role in your film too. It's not part of the film because there's only so many topics that you can really touch within an hour and a half and still make it emotional and impactful. So, you know, the film is really about the prison within and about restorative justice to, 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 to kind of keep, keep within that context. I think it does have to do with prison abolition because the film very, <laughs> very blatantly says the criminal justice system is not working. In fact, what it does is it creates better criminals, right? Like people are going in, they're learning how to be better criminals, they're being traumatized and they're coming back out. And it's also very concretely showing that a restorative approach could be better. You have like very robust experiences, both as like a public defender and as a volunteer within the prison system, how did making this documentary after having those experiences change your advocacy and, and education tactics? Or did it at all, I guess? I don't know if it's changed it. It's just been a continuation of the journey, really. It's just, you know, you, you learn more, you learn more and more and more, and you become more involved and you, you, you meet more people and your heart becomes more involved and it just keeps, just keeps rolling. That's amazing. I think it's so amazing that you took experiences that would have been difficult for anyone to digest and you took them and you made something beautiful and empathetic out of it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, and you know, and I think that that's what we need right now. I mean, I think that this, I think that this film is so important right now because we are so divided right now. There is so like, it's vitriolic out there, right? Like even within our own circles, people are drawing lines in the sand and pointing fingers, right? Like it's, and what we see in this film is, you know, pe people who have killed other people, people who have led lives of trauma, of systemic oppression, you know, a familial, a familial violence, doing the exact opposite and turning inward and doing that work. And, you know, I just, I, you know, I just, I have to keep coming back to that. Like it's that process of truth and reconciliation, you know, otherwise this is what happens. And, you know, you know, you go, you're like, 
I, you know, I think what we see a lot of now is people are suddenly, you know, quote unquote, woke to what's happening. And then they're just rolling out there thinking that they have the solutions when, when they just started realizing, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is horrible. What is happening with the police? This is horrible. What is happening with our prison systems? You know, it's like, well, hold on, <laughs> hold on before you start running out there and offering solutions, especially in communities that are the most devastated by our world. Look at yourself, look at yourself first, slow your roll <laughs> and do your work, do your own work. Because this is the thing, we are all complicit in this. We are all complicit in this in some way, you know. I'm continually looking at myself, even after about, you know, 15 years of this and all the relationships that I've formed and all the work that I've been doing in this capacity. How am I complicit? How am I complicit? How can I serve? I'm constantly asking myself that because, because I have to, because it's, it's, you know, I, I feel it's my ethical duty. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that. What was it like coming to terms with the fact that you and people that you know, and that each of us is complicit in the system? Well, I think I've always seen it that way, honestly. Um, I don't know how or exactly where that perspective came from. I, I think it's just I think it's just something inherent in me, <laughs> perhaps. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I think it might have something to do where I grew up. I, I grew up on a border town in, in El Paso, Texas, where, you know, things, things were very divided by, um, by ethnicity, by class. Uh, I, was, I was very troubled at a very early age by the world that we live in. There, there was no point where I was sheltered from anything really. And so I think it's just been a life journey. So I think as each one of us begins to do the work or is in the middle of doing our work, um, this film is a really powerful way to kind of um, see other people as our equals or as humans through their stories and through their narratives. Um, I was wondering where people are able to find this film so they're able to watch it and kind of get a glimpse for themselves at um, the restorative justice that is portrayed within the film. Beautiful, thank you. So right now it's it's out on a bunch of platforms. I'll say that it's out on iTunes and Comcast and you can see all the other platforms if you go to our website, prisonwithin.org. Some of them even have links so you can click on it and it'll take you right to the platform. This work is amazing. Um, I was wondering what the future holds for you and what you're doing next, if it has to do um, also with the prison system or if there's other um, areas of injustice that you're expanding your work into. Yeah, thank you. So definitely I have some other projects that are developing right now that, that are in this realm um, with alternatives to sentencing, uh, Reentry, perhaps they're they're all kind of 
over here kind of bubbling. And then there's another, there is also another project that I'm working on that is uh, very dear to me. That's my heart project right now. And it's about female artists, really female, badass female artists and visionaries who are changing the world. And, you know, they're changing the world with their music, with their art, really kind of outside of the systems. So, you know, like uh, with Trump and everything that's happened, <laughs> the Me Too movement, you know, so many women are being called to move into the system and to fix our systems from within the systems. And yes, that is very necessary. But I'm very interested in the, the change that's coming from art, the change that's coming from the streets, because that is really ultimately where it always comes from. And then, you know, politics catches up maybe 100 years later, if at all, sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm seeking out women who are kind of tearing that down in some ways, paradigm shifts, right? Who are making their own paradigm shifts outside of the system. I love that you just said that. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when she was, uh, she was, I think, working a pro bono case for the ACLU on gender discrimination. She went up in front of the court and she talked about how the prosecution was arguing about radical social change. And she said, you know what? The culture has already changed and that's already happened without any court's permission. I think it's amazing that artists like you and all of, you know, all of the people who are sort of getting in on this movement are coming at it from the outside. And I think it's necessary for all of us to come at it from different angles because that's the only way change happens. I mean, change happens from within, but it also happens by surmounting the system entirely. So thank you yes. for all of the amazing work that you do. And thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Support the arts. Let's surmount the system. Thank you for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Reform. Are you interested in social justice advocacy? Let's Talk Reform is looking for students interested in serving as our communication intern or production intern. Let's Talk Reform is a collaborative initiative by a team of scientists working to elevate the discussion around social and mental health needs in the school-to-prison pipeline and United States criminal justice system. Every week, we sit down with community champions, educators, and advocates working to change the system we see today. The communication intern will keep track of our social media sites, emails, and interview schedules. The production intern will help with finding guest speakers and editing podcasts. Both interns will have an opportunity to serve as a co-host for at least one podcast episode. It's a wonderful opportunity to connect with future leaders in public health and medicine while building your CV. We ask that students submit a brief reflection of the Let's Talk Reform podcast episode, resume, and indications of prior communication or media editing experience to our email at juvenilementalhealthproject at gmail.com. Again, that's juvenilementalhealthproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.